0: Welcome to Pacific Drift with Jason and myself John. This is a podcast about the communities, cultures and languages in the Pacific. Each week we give ourselves a particular topic and we go into a little bit of research, sometimes a bit a little bit last minute. <laughs> um, and then we come into the studio and talk about it. Today we're talking about yeah.
1: Yeah, so first of all, none of my research is last minute.
0: Jason, all of your research is always last minute. I'm actually really diligent about
1: this. (laughs) um, Yeah, we're talking about Yap today. Yeah. What are the details, John? Well, um, it's in Micronesia. It's in Micronesia. It's a little, it's it's actually not a little island. It's four islands. It's one of the states of the Federated States of Micronesia. Is that correct? Um, (laughs) Okay. Thank
0: you. Great piece of information there. It's um, it's in Micronesia. It's um, quite small. It's got uh, well, I don't know. I don't. Know. It's 308 kilometers squared. Is that I small? never
1: know I how know. big these things are. I right? don't know if that means it's small or
0: not. But okay, it's got a place. Uh, 11,000 people roughly. Okay. Um. And it's it's separated into four separate islands, but one or two of these islands were actually the same island. And yet, in uh, 1901, they dug a small canal. Oh, really? Yeah. Just so
1: the canal just bisects the island. A
0: hundred percent. It's um. It's less than ten meters wide, and it's just over a kilometer long. And it just cuts the two into two separate islands.
1: Right. So, I mean, all of these, these larger islands. Because there's also outer islands, is that correct?
0: Uh, well, they're all quite close to each other. But, yeah, yeah. there's four of them. There's four total.
1: So, I, I think they're described as just being separated by waterways, right?
0: Yeah. And yeah. this was one of those waterways. They just dug it. Um, the main substance economy of Yap? Agriculture and fishing. Okay, All of these important facts that I am giving you. Why did we get onto Yap? I feel like there was a reason.
1: I think that you picked, and I think that it was for several good reasons. There's the Yappies language. I mean, we yeah. could just start oh, with and yeah, throw let's it get in into there. It.
0: Well no, let's 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 pause a second because when I started doing my research, I was gonna do research on Yapese, the language. That's right. I remember um, this. And we had a conversation, and we had a bit of a Google uh, to how to get to Yap. Because if you're going to do research somewhere, you got to get a field trip in there. Yep. And um, how difficult is it to get <laughs> to Yap? <laughs> it's way too difficult. It was it was Auckland to uh, was it Hawaii, I think, some, and then Hawaii to Guam, and then Guam to Yap.
1: Yeah. Well, what was, what was the pricing of these flights? I,
0: if I remember rightly, I think they totaled up like $6,000 one way. That's pretty pricey. I mean, it becomes a little bit ridiculous. It's a big investment. Um, And apparently there are no flights at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Um, But I did look up if I wanted to fly from Guam to Yap right now. Anyway, I could charter a flight.
1: Well... That seems reasonable. What would yeah, what would only, that set you
0: back? Only $19,000. Oh, okay. So so there was a, a reason that I ended up not looking at Yappies, and that was probably the main
1: reason. But um, tell me a bit about Yappies. Uh, well, Yappies has um, around 5,000 uh, native speakers. It's uh, an Austronesian language. And um, beyond that, it's a little bit tough to classify. It kind of uh, sits on its own in a way within Micronesia. and Weird. Yeah, people kind of disagree as to which other um, languages in the area it is most closely related to. How, how can they disagree? Surely you just kind of say, okay. I, I think it has a lot to do with um, the migrations in and out of the area oh, and okay. which languages are maybe most geographically close versus which languages most resemble the Api's language. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, one of the things that I had found really interesting is that, so I said it's this this Austronesian language, but in a way it has these very uncharacteristic properties. So it has this consonant inventory. Okay, you're going to have to explain that So an inventory in <laughs> of consonants... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's got consonants. It's got lots of consonants. And it lots has of, like
0: a suitcase
1: full of them. Different <laughs> kinds of consonants. It's kind of like the consonant inventories of the languages that are nearby on steroids. Really? And okay. it's funny because the number of vowels that it uses, likewise. It, really? Yeah, really amped up. So. Okay, so like,
0: because um, normal Austronesian languages... Or oceanic languages don't have a lot, right? Uh, some do. Um, a, a lot don't. Okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, what are these wild sounds then?
1: Well, uh, without getting too, you know, too detailed about it, uh, Yapese yeah, has a lot of what we call ejective or glottalized consonants. A subset of these are glottalized fricatives, and Without having to know what those are, yeah. we, can ju- we can just say that they're actually extremely rare. Oh, really? Yeah, there uh, are across languages very, in very general. few languages in the entire world that wow. have these kinds of sounds. Do you know how to make the sound? I, I actually don't. I can't. It's that I can rare. It. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, you were talking about the um, prices. That are associated with uh, flying to Yap or getting there. Uh, Yeah. So what else can you tell me about, say, the economy of Yap? Oh, this is so good. Like, I'm so
0: excited about this. So, Yap has something real weird going on. (laughs) Essentially, they have big coins, rock coins. How big? Well, that's the, probably the, the thing that we need to start with. They, Before European contact, mm-hmm. um, maybe the biggest was about two meters tall. <laughs> okay, so a two meter tall stone coin. It, it, it weighs about one ton. <laughs> okay. There were smaller ones. But, you know, like, they're not the kind of thing that you just whip out of your pocket and hand over.
1: So they vary in size, and some of them can be quite, quite large. Quite big.
0: Now, what's weird about them, well, I think this is pretty damn weird, is that they aren't made in Yap. Okay. They're, they're limestone rocks, and they had to travel 400 kilometers away, across an ocean, uh-huh. to Palau. To, to get these. To get the rock, wow. yeah. So what would they They would do? And, and and let me get this right. They are the heaviest and biggest structures that were ever taken across oceans pre, pre-European times. These particular coins.
1: Yeah, I imagine so. They, they, you said they weighed a ton? They
0: weighed a ton. How do you even get a ton thing on a boat? Wow. So they would travel over to the the palau limestone quarries mm-hmm. and they would um carve them over there and they're they're huge round circles or roughly round and they have a hole in the middle mm-hmm. um and like oral legend says the hole is so that they could carry them
1: Ah, oh. but like
0: yeah the, it would yeah that seems tough like they're a ton yeah they weigh a ton so i don't i don't know how that really works but anyway so they would <laughs> they would travel over there, and um, they because they were from over there and and brought back they were considered incredibly valuable, um so valuable that, <laughs> um different voyages would try and like <laughs> would try and like get rid of the other voyage like like sabotage other voyagers going over there to make these rocks. Oh, really? So legend has it some stories about like two particular boats going over there and then them carving and then them sending someone off and them hiding and sabotaging the other one and then stealing their coins. So and... there
1: was piracy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> these things were considered super valuable.
1: And it's because of the, the great distance that they came from... I guess, and their size and their other properties, right? Because aren't they like shiny, or they were shiny? Were they shiny? I, know, I, 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 th- I think I had read that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now,
0: what what do we mean by these coins? Because, like, apart from the fact that they're just big and round and have a cer- have a hole in the middle, like, what does that actually mean? Like, how can you use that as money? Well, this is where it gets really weird. Uh-huh. So, you you bring back your um, they're called rye. Um, and you bring, you bring them back, and um, the value of each one is dependent on a whole load of factors, some of them is like weight and mm-hmm. like, size that 's kind of obvious, but um, also the different things that were associated with their construction. so if people had died during their construction, higher value oh. if particular carvers had been there like carving it, higher value. So, um, or even, or even if they went to a particular limestone quarry that was difficult to get to, higher value. So there's a whole load of things that they worked out what their value was. Now, what do we mean by, like, value? Like, what are you going to do with these coins? Well, pretty much, (laughs) you set them up somewhere, like they stand up. And because they're rather big... You don't move them after that. They just that. stay there.
1: They just stay there. You put your coin up, and there it is. It's done. So ownership can change yeah. because they are currency. Yeah. But their location doesn't exactly
0: change. Exactly. Now, like what we're talking for things like I don't know, um, value. Um, some of the examples were gifts in marriage. That kind of makes sense. One of them was ransom of a corpse. Oh, I don't like to know what that means. Mm. Um, but these, you know, they had a, a large value and they were transferred to people. Now, the problem is that obviously you didn't move them. Um, so how do you do the whole ownership business? Well, they had basically oral traditions mm-hmm. that talked about who
1: currently owned the coin. Okay. Okay. Does that tie in with things like modern currencies? Well, some... cuz it sounds a lot like <laughs> cryptocurrencies or things like that, right? Exactly. It seems a bit like there, There's a record of who takes ownership at a given time.
0: But there's no actual connection like there's no like you don't have a physical object that sits right. with you. It's it's just located in somewhere like, else somewhere else yeah so they kind of like like what has been said is things like bitcoin uh-huh. are basically the same as these rye from yap interesting so when the europeans came they sort of figured out that they could use these these coins to do their own trades Um, Or, you know, to get hold of stuff that they wanted.
1: So they wanted to take part in this economy. Basically,
0: yeah, they took part in it. So uh, what I I believe happened is um, a dude called uh, Captain David Dean O'Keefe. Yep. um, uh, Settled in Yap, sort of late 1800s. He was an American, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And he... um, kind of uh, uh brought ships and tools and stuff and allowed people to go over there to Palau and like basically make bigger coins
1: build up the the, yeah. the stocks
0: so <laughs> what's kind of crazy about this because of all this extra bigger coins and like greater number of coins yeah. and and probably less extreme Difficulties to get the coins and um, inflation happened.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, these are bigger coins because they had bigger ships to take them back with, possibly more valuable materials. Did they have a greater value? Yeah.
0: Well, that's the thing. They had a greater value until everyone started having these massive coins.
1: Right. And because the whole process involved, it, it was easier. <laughs> so they had a, a lower value. It's right? incredible. It's yeah. actually, it's, it's like, it's
0: amazing that this actually happened with these enormous rocks. Yeah. And, and we're talking like they became bigger than two meters, significantly bigger. <laughs> wow. Um, and <laughs> over 2.75 tons. That's incredible. I mean, it's just outrageous. It's completely outrageous. Now, you also have a few um, financial facts of Yav, is that right?
1: Kind of, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I was looking into the history of the place, and like so many other islands in the Pacific, it has this similar colonial history, right? original inhabitants come onto the island and then centuries later um, we get all of this colonization happening somebody discovers the island it changes hands very frequently yeah right if if that's even meaningful yeah. right but yeah. these people think that they come along and they own the island yeah. Yeah. and they sell it to other people so it was discovered by a portuguese explorer yeah in um 1525, okay. roughly. And then after that, uh, there were a lot of other explorers and traders coming through the region, um, you know, from various different places. Now, uh,
0: is it right that the, the Portuguese influence uh, actually happened also on the language that when they wrote down Yuppies? Oh, I have no idea. Apparently, they, um, y- the glottal stop, which is a weird consonant, mm-hmm. uh, was written with a Q. And apparently that was... The Spanishy Portuguese influence. Oh, really? That was then later turned into what we now see. Oh, okay. Because they the do church. that
1: in a lot of languages in the Pacific. Oh, really? So yeah, maybe that's the origin of that. I don't Weird.
0: know. Okay, keep yeah. sorry, keep going.
1: Oh, okay. So, um, it's then it then becomes this uh, era of you know exploring and trading. And um, that included uh, trading between the yappies and the Europeans. Yep. There was this sea cucumber industry. Wait, what? Yeah, sea cucumber. It was uh, a valued um, <laughs> commodity in the Pacific.
0: I was uh, recently in um, Raro, Rarotonga, uh-huh. and uh, I went swimming. And you can just pick up sea cucumbers and they, um, you hold them and suddenly it looks like you're bleeding. Really? And there's like all this red, like, yeah, it looks like blood. What is it? And you drop it and you're like freaking out because you're thinking, have I just been cut? Uh-huh. Um, and it, it's nothing. It's something that the the CQ come, I guess, it's a response. It expels yeah. something. Oh, okay. And it makes
1: it look like it's bleeding. Anyway. Oh, it, wild. Random. Yeah. Okay. So in this colonial history... We get this kind of conflict that starts brewing between uh, the Germans
0: Okay. Classic. and the Spanish.
1: Yep. And this goes on for some time. You know, they were talking about roughly 1874 is when Spain is claiming uh, this sovereignty over the nation. They say, <laughs> yep. hey, we own Yap. Yep. Okay. Um, whatever. And then... Two years later, because Germany was kind of already there, I think. Yeah, um, They had to set up a, a trading station. Yeah. And so then Germany has to send um, warships to Yap to, you know, control its interests there. And this kind of escalates over time. And yeah. there was a lot of flag raising and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> As it happens, the Pope has to step in to settle the feud. And the Pope basically says, Spain, you own Yap. <laughs> but Germany has access, commercial access to Yap. So this goes on for a little while. And then over time, Spain loses interest and says, okay, well, we're just going to sell this to Germany.
0: Wait, so they that's sold? They
1: just sold this place, this island or set of islands for Four point five million at the time. That was <laughs> right before the turn of the century, so eighteen ninety nine. Yeah. Um, of course, after that, then you know we get into World War I, World War II, yeah, and we yeah. kind of know the story around there. The other, uh, the other colonizers come in. Yeah. What this is all relevant for yeah. is there is or there was a very highly articulated caste system. In okay. Yeah. It involved a- around seven tiers. So. Each village had a certain ranking along those seven tiers. Okay, seven seems like quite a lot. It, it is. It, it's uh, it's fairly highly articulated. Yeah, and the rank of any given village would be determined by how that village fared in, say, inter-village conflict. Amazing. So basically warfare. Yeah. And if they were successful, they would um, advance in the rankings. <laughs> if they were not successful, they would lower. And, you know, if you were lowered in your ranking, then, you know, there would be these detrimental effects, right? Such like that... punishment, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think that... Uh, there were probably things like payments involved yeah, yeah. and there were also these dietary restrictions that were imposed <laughs> what? so, Wait, so what? that people of, you know, that village couldn't, say, um, consume. Like the nice fish. fish yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or or even, you know, any aquatic animals. Amazing. Or, yeah, and so this was a very, very fluid thing.
0: System. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? So, like, these things could change regularly.
1: Regularly and probably very rapidly. Really? Yeah, depending on how um, these conflicts turned out. And so, we get this very fluid system happening. Yeah. And then the Germans come in yeah. and take over. And they put a stop to all violence on the island. I They said, <laughs> you stop it. No more of this. Yeah. And suddenly, at that point in time, the caste system becomes fixed. Oh,
0: no. Because uh, there's yeah, no
1: of, further no. conflicts.
0: No. Imagine you'd be so gutted. You're sitting in your village and you're at, like, "I damn it, I can't at, eat my fish today because I'm not in the right tier. And then the Germans come along and say, uh, sorry, you're never going to be able to eat those fish. As
1: far as I understand it, that's where it sits to this day. No. Now, I don't know if those restrictions are yeah, still imposed yeah, yeah, like that, but that caste system became frozen no at that way. point in time.
0: So you now just, you're born into whatever caste system or whatever I, village. I, I guess, guess. I, yeah.
1: I don't know how salient it is, yeah. culturally speaking. But that's how it is.
0: Amazing. Oh, it'd be so it'd be so good if you could just impose dietary restrictions on people. <laughs> I, I feel like that is something I really want to do with my like I'm better than you, so
1: you can't eat the nice salads. Do you know like how satisfying would that be? Okay, so Seems like Yap is a really interesting place. (laughs) There's a lot going on there. It's pretty crazy out there. Sounds like the kind of place I would want to visit. Yeah, maybe we should charter our flights. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so today we've talked about Yap and the Yappies language. We've talked about the giant currency on the island. And uh, we've also talked a little bit about this caste system. You've been listening to Pacific Drift. We want to thank our production team, including our man Tim, artwork by Jason and Becky, music by Jazar out of school, and we'd like to acknowledge a Research Impact Award from the University of Auckland. Finally, we'd like to give a shout-out to our listener in Tuvalu. Nice, nice. We love you.